Welcome to Code Whack, your podcast on America's broken healthcare system and how Medicare for All could help. I'm your host, Brenda Gazar. How does America's dysfunctional healthcare system treat patients in need of organ transplants? What kind of financial and emotional toll does this take on them? 43-year-old Joel Sloan was forced to move to Los Angeles in a bid to get a life-saving heart transplant after he could not get one in Oregon. He's been entangled in the health insurance maze for months while trying to get coverage for the transplant. How might his life be different if America had Medicare for all? Welcome to Code Whack, Joel. So you recently moved from Oregon to L.A. Where are you now with getting a heart transplant? So since I've been in L.A., I'm using this address as my address, but I'm staying in a hotel near UCLA. I'm very fortunate to have a friend that has the means to put me up in a hotel. So I'm staying in a hotel near UCLA just so in case anything happens, I can be right there and go in. But I've been on the phone. I got here a week and a half ago, and I'll just show you quickly. So this is my notes since the 22nd of July. I'm just going through and going through and going through and going through and speaking to everyone that I can. And I've like taken pages and pages and pages and pages of notes and been on hold for hours on end to try to get everything canceled and get back on Medi-Cal, which I officially got the call yesterday from the manager of the insurance department at UCLA that my Medi-Cal was accepted. Yeah, that's great. So now I'm just waiting for an appointment to do a workup. And so what they'll do is everything that I've done in Oregon for the past five months, they'll do in a week's time here. They'll give me the cardiac CT scans, the MRIs, you know, everything that I need to work up for the transplant and then they vote. I was a smoker as well. And so I had to wait six months for a transplant anyway. So August 14th, which is tomorrow, is the official date that I could get a heart anyhow. And so all looking time Timing looks really good and everything looks really good and I'm just waiting for the call to do the workup and then if they vote no then we're gonna try Cedar Sinai and if Cedar Sinai votes no then we're gonna take a break and I'll go and get the LVAD implanted in my chest that's a mechanical pump that's implanted inside a person's chest with heart failure. Because right now I have a pacemaker and defibrillator. Then we'll do the LVAD and then we'll try Stanford, Salt Lake City and Miami Dade. Those are three other programs that we'll do this year and see if I can get a heart. Wow. After you were turned down in Oregon for the transplant due to your enlarged aorta and HIV status and you moved back to California, it seems like UCLA was your first choice. Why is that? Well, my doctor chose UCLA because he knows a cardiologist there, Jeff Sue, Dr. Sue, who is great and he trusts in my care. But my first choice was actually Cedar sinai because they're number one in the country. But they're a private hospital, so they accept only private insurance. So there's a chance that Medi-Cal will outsource. If UCLA says no, then they'll outsource the um, implant portion, the heart transplant tr- portion of the insurance, so I could get on it Cedars. But that, we'll see what happens there. While Cedar sinais website says they do accept some Medi-Cal patients, it's unclear if Joel would qualify. So what's on your mind? What's your biggest concern right now? That UCLA, you know, that I get an appointment. That's like kind of the big stress. It kind of sucks because, you know, I don't want to be one of those people that is a pessimist and thinks, you know, like, oh, I'm going to die because I don't think that I know that I'm going to live. But it's very, it's troubling to think that I've had to spend all this time advocating for myself and you know, on the phone and pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing because I have pushed like tremendous amount and spent a lot of time when I could have been enjoying if these are my last years, you know, enjoying it, you know, which because I was given a terminal 
um, diagnosis of, you know, even with a new heart, it could be five years. So it's just annoying that you have to spend time working for insurance and working for someone to cover your heart transplant as opposed to enjoying life, you know? So do you have any financial concerns? Is Medicaid going to cover everything? Well, see, I don't know. Um, that's the thing. Well, my thought also was, why don't I just get a private insurance? You know, I said, I'm, I'm just going to go and pay the 180 bucks a month for a deductible or whatever, you know, like monthly and get insurance. And I was talking to my dad about it and he goes, you know, there's no way that a private insurance is going to cover a heart transplant, son. You'll be stuck with $800,000 worth of bills. And I didn't realize that didn't dawn on me. At first. I don't know why that didn't dawn on me, but it's true. It's like, yeah, you can't, there's no way around this, you know? So Medi-Cal will hopefully pay for everything, but there are financial concerns because I, um, I was denied disability um, because they denied me federal disability because they say at the time of my diagnosis, I was not working. And so, and I wasn't working was because, you know, in 2015, I stopped working um, and went on a year of California disability. And then I just couldn't keep a job. And so they're using, they're saying that is a qualification for me to be disqualified for disability. So in Oregon, I qualified for SSI. So I get um, $700 a month, a month <laughs> for, you know, for the rest of my life, but I've moved to California. And so that is now suspended. So I have no income. The only income I have is $190 in food stamps. So it's a godsend that my friend was able to pay for my hotel stuff, you know, but as far as living expenses and bills, they're just going to collections and piling up. My parents pay my cell phone bill and I was very fortunate to have my parents step up to the plate and they've paid for so much, you know, like they let me move in with them. And the whole time I was at OHSU, they drove me every day to my doctor's appointments and because I was going to the doctor four times a week and they live in Salem. So we're traveling an hour and a half each way to go to the doctor, you know, and my parents are 73 years old, retired and on a fixed income, but they really, really, really are amazing people. And, you know, fed and clothed me and done everything. It's amazing. Mm, God bless them. Yeah. Joel, what do you think of having a provider network that's nationwide, like Medicare for All would offer, rather than a health plan that limits you to specific doctors so that you have the freedom to choose your medical team based on expertise? I think that's vitally important. I think that that's one thing that um, this has taught me is due diligence and being my own best advocate is something that would benefit everyone, you know, as opposed to maybe just, I don't want to say being stuck with a doctor because doctors all work hard, you know, but, you know, being stuck with someone that doesn't actually have the knowledge that someone else has, it would benefit everyone greatly to be able to kind of do their own research and, you know, find out a doctor that really fits them best, you know, I mean, with anything, I think with, you know, with HIV, with cancer with you know heart failure with any sort of thing it's all about who you're comfortable with and I was really fortunate to get Dr. Macon because he was absolutely amazing um he's been very supportive he's like calls me from his cell phone you know to check on me and it's it's very very great that um I got hooked up with him so right that's Dr. Conrad Macon of Oregon Health State University I'm so glad what else do you want to tell me um I just think that my best friend and my ex, Christopher, he's from Canada, you know, and he was sitting there and he goes, you know, it's so weird to think that if, because we had planned on moving to Canada when Trump got elected <laughs> and uh, we didn't, we stayed in California because we both were working and, you know, doing things or whatever. 
And, um, you know, it goes to think that in Canada, you wouldn't be going through this right now. You know, you would be, you would have quality of life because they have a healthcare system, which is supposed to take care of all this for you. They do all the worrying, you know, and you're not left out in the cold to fend for yourself and fight for your life, basically. You know, it's literally, and it sounds dramatic, but it really, really is, you know, a fight for, for life. And I think that, you know, if we did have healthcare for all, which people for many different reasons don't think is great. And the healthcare system in this country is so whack to begin with. It would just be a fresh start. I think it's like necessary, you know? So what would that mean to you if we had a single payer healthcare system like Canada has? I would be riding horses right now (laughs) instead of on the phone. You know, I would be uh, doing things that I absolutely love and enjoy. People that aren't sick don't get it. You know what I mean? They And it's all about dollars and cents. But once you get sick or you have a family member that gets sick and you realize the rabbit hole that is this healthcare system that we have right now is really, really, really in need of a complete overhaul. And I just, I think that healthcare for all would eliminate that. What we have now where it's just basically about money. That's what it right. seems like. You know, you're just a number and they push you through and it's really hard to get someone to see you as a, an individual and an individual that's going through something traumatic and because they're on the phone and they have a quota that they have to make, you know, they're just and um, it's, it's crazy for me to think like that. <laughs> Thank you, Joel Sloan. As of late August, Joel had a workup appointment slated for mid-September at UCLA and was still awaiting word on whether they'll agree to do the transplant. To help with his extraordinary expenses, Joel's brother Dale has set up a GoFundMe page for him called Help Joel on His Journey to get a new heart. Find more Code Whack episodes on ProgressiveVoices.com and on the PV app. You can also subscribe to Code Whack wherever you find your podcasts. This podcast is powered by Heal California, uplifting the voices of those fighting for healthcare reform around the country. I'm Brenda Gazar.